Yeah. Like we always do with this. Yeah. Yeah, like we always do it this time I go for mine and made plans for yours Cause I got the shine Go bar for bar, go line for line Like Kobe in 99, I'm so close to prime Bad bitch by my side, I'm so close behind We living in a moment, there's no post to bind You think there was a deal that I'm supposed to sign The game's just a mountain that I'm supposed to climb I remember man, 11 years old when I made it to go Up in Fairville, I related to Cole Fresh Hello and welcome back to Film Soliloquy Home of the Involuntary Film Review you're here with the Dancing and Highsmith of podcasting. My name is Jeff. And I'm Jason. And each week we trade movies. We force each other to watch movies that we've already seen. And the person who watches the movie gets exclusive rating rules over that movie. And uh, we got to live with it. So if I give Jason my favorite movie all time and he gives it an F, well, then I got to tell everyone it's an F. How you doing, Jason? Man, I'm in a studio. It's nice and cool. I'm doing good. I got poop. But other than that, let's get the show going. Okay, well, you just hold that in. Uh, we'll try not to have a marathon episode. Uh, so there's one other piece of business we need to attend to, though. Um, Jason and I have made a, a slight gentleman's wager, you would say. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, yeah, I bet you did. Did you forget <laughs> about it today and, and lose already? Hell no. I had three hot dogs at work. And okay. I found right, them so at the bottom of the freezer at work. Yeah. Yum. That's probably why I got to poop right now. That's probably it. <clears throat> My voice cracked. Puberty. So the wager is both Jason and I are trying to save some money. So we both decided to have a little wager of who can not go to uh, eat out at lunch while we're at work. And um, the loser will have to watch a movie of the other's choice. Now, we've already kind of lined, at least I, I assumed some of this you're going to hear us kind of work through here but i assume we've already decided on what movies we're doing right yes sir we have that bet and i'm going to choose a complete crap movie i'm going to try i'm actually going to try to outdo scott's horrible recommendation of the movie he made us watch that horrible french film which is so bad i purposely don't even want to say the name of the film but I'm going to actually try to beat that record. I doubt I can do it, but I'm going to get close to it. So if during any time while we have this gentleman's bet going on, if I even see you come back with some Big Mac sauce on your lips, you're going to be <laughs> watching a, a terrible movie, my man. Do we want to? I, I say we go ahead and let our movies be known and that we reserve them. They're on the shelf and they can only be watched. After this bet is complete. True, dude, true. I mean, I have, I had the movie I wanted to give you, but now I've changed my mind and I, I it's between three now. So I don't, I don't have it actually solidified. Okay. Can you make a decision between now and the end of the episode? Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds, sounds All right. With that out of the way, uh, I have selected my movie, but I'm gonna wait till JB has made his decision in case it's just so awful that I need to rethink my selection. So we need to decide who goes first. Now, normally we play a game, uh, but just to let you see what how this works in the background, uh, we haven't selected any game yet. How about you, JB? Nah, I even think that the game hat is out of options. I think so, too. I, I, me, personally, I think we retire the hat of games. It has not worked out well for me. Yeah, you've lost a lot. And, and so, uh, Mrs. At Jay Queasy at Mrs. Queasy is mad at me still. So 
Well, bullet wounds don't heal quickly. So how do we want to settle this then? I'll go first. Okay. All right. You ready? It's your show, man. Take it away. I, I'm excited. I, I, I've i given you a movie I really like, and I, I, think, uh, I think it's a good one. But you have to tell me. All right. So the movie that you provided me is a zombie movie. And last week's episode, you said it was better than Zombieland. That is a very, very tall order. Wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah I like Yes, I like Zombieland a lot. So, And as I thought about it, I still stand behind that as my personal opinion. Yeah, not going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this movie is called Train to Busan. It's currently on Netflix right now. You can watch it if um, it was released in 2016. And it stars, you ready? Here we go. <clears throat> Craig Kinnear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> do your vocal warm-ups Greg Kinnear Greg Kinnear alright it was directed by Yeong Shang-ho and stars Gong Yo Jung Yumi and Ma Dong Seok now uh, I don't know what none of these like actors and actresses I don't know their faces so and I don't even know the character's name because I can't read Korean or Chinese or whatever this is this Korean? Yeah, this is a Korean film, right? It's Korean. It's a South Korean movie. So it's a it's a South Korean film. Man, I didn't know um some foreign films like this actually had some really good production. But uh yeah, it's a zombie film and it's a, a zombie breakout in whatever cities are in, or well, obviously at the city of Busan, if that's a real city in South Korea, I'm not too sure. Again, you know, going off of my last episode, I'm not a geography major, okay? So correct me if you need to. So yep, it's a it's a good it's a zombie movie. I, I, maybe I, I shouldn't say good. A little foreshadowing over there, but it's a 2016 South Korean zombie apocalypse action thriller film, and that's exactly what it says in the first line of Wikipedia. <laughs> but let me give you the premise of this. So there's a zombie outbreak. And what's really cool and well done about this film is that it's not like every other zombie movie where they're actually going on foot, going from room to room. This is actually all filmed in the most the the, the climax of the film all occurs really on a, a train. It starts off by you can see in the news that there's a there's some type of outbreak where there's violence erupting in the street and you can see people attacking each other and. On the film, you can kind of see people are biting each other, but it's not really well known if it's a zombie attack yet. And there's on the train station, there's a there's a uh, a a fight that's broken out above the steps, leading in down down into the tracks. And right but right when the train's about to leave the station, um, some woman just runs on board, but oblivious to the person who's keeping track of whoever comes onto the train. I don't know what his name is. He's a conductor. I'm not too sure. I think the conductor drives the train. Is that the correct terminology? I don't know. I think he runs like a symphony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. So zombie gets on board the train, bites the first person. Now here's really cool about this. All right. And you can't, I mean, I'm not going to go in super detail because it's just a straight up zombie film. I mean, if you know anything about zombies, 
they spread their infection through biting the biting their victims and that wound has a strand a strain some type of virus that enters the bloodstream and immediately interacts with its victim and turning it into a zombie it's not almost it's not instantaneous it takes some time but what's really cool about this film that does it a little bit differently it's it's damn near instantaneous so i mean when a victim gets bit there's probably like what a, maybe a 10 to 15 to 30 second gap before they turn full 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 zombie apocalypse so no? There was something I noticed in this movie, because when I watched it the first time, I knew I was going to give it to you at some point. And I was kind of trying to look at it through my JB lenses of what you would consider realistic and unrealistic. And you'll notice that some people actually transition slower than others, because there's some that transition within seconds. But what I noticed was, is that the more bites they had, so like the people who got swarmed by zombies, they they turned almost instantly but like the woman who first got on the train, several of the other people on this movie turn much slower, but they only have like a single bite or a scratch. And I think uh, that explains how the, the difference in time for turning is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well said on that one. Good observation. Because, yeah, that's that's definitely it. I mean, one of the what's really cool is some of these bite victims. I mean, you'll it's. The acting is really good and how they contort their body. So they're saying they're let's there's they're starting to convulse on the ground uncontrollably like they're having this massive seizure attack. Then all of a sudden they'll stiffen their muscles up and jump like, you know, jump straight in the air, but have their arms dangling as, as, uh, on their side, their hip, their hip, you know, thrusted out in one direction and their leg cocked. I mean, this it looks like, man, this. You know, that's somebody's turning into a zombie. It's it's really it's really cool. So that's what I mean. That's what it's kind of be like to to actually observe the zombie in the movie. But the film follows a, a father. He's a divorced fund manager for uh, some type of company. You find out later on the film, this company that he manages their funds for uh, is actually the the perpetrator or the people who actually start the outbreak in South Korea. They're the ones that are responsible for it. But it follows this fund manager and his, his daughter. And the, the premise of it or why they're actually taking this train to Busan is because his daughter, and I don't know how old she is, but she's just turning, um, I don't know if I were to guess an age, maybe six or seven or something like that. She's having her sixth or seventh birthday. And one of her wishes is that she actually wants to visit her mom. And you can tell that they're divorced. She wants to visit her mom in Busan. And what I found pretty funny is that there's this one scene where he's given his daughter her birthday gift. Right. And when she unwraps the gift, it's a pretty big gift and she unwraps it and it's a wee. <laughs> and she, her face just looks defeated. She looks very, you know, upset about the gift and her dad saying, hey, you know, do you not. Do you not like the gift that I've given you? And my media thought is like, damn, no, does she doesn't like the gift? It's a damn we. <laughs> it's 2016, <laughs> and this this is our, this is like 10 years old. <laughs> was it an original we or was that's, it a Wii U? No, it was an original we, not even a Wii U. Oh lord! I was like, well, that's why she's upset, dumbass. <laughs> uh, but then you know the camera pans up and she shows her face and she actually already owns a Wii that he bought her for children's day whatever some holiday that i've never heard of in south korea so they end up taking the train the the virus outbreak breaks out because someone boarded the train that has the virus 
they meet up with a bunch of people in, into the film. Uh, this is where you re meet other protagonists. And there's this really cool South Korean guy. He's, I don't know his name. And again, these are, the, the, the whole movies, uh, is read in, you can read it in subtitles because they're speaking a Korean language. So I actually don't know any of their names in the film. So I'm sorry. But, uh, this one guy, <laughs> this is going to be kind of hard to describe. He's so awesome. <laughs> he's, he's so cool, man. Just uh, as Jeff just said, he's awesome. He's, he's a, is a soon to be father. He's escorting his wife, uh, who is, I would say looking at her belly, what, probably six to seven months pregnant, Jeff, would you say? Yeah, she's far along. And that's the, the, the big protagonist in the film. And when the virus starts to break out and people are getting bit, um, I guess they're not, I guess in, in, in an airplane, there would be flight attendants, but the train attendants are going around and they're seeing this uh, one Vic, this one lady just, you know, seizuring on the ground. Uh, they go to help her. And she's on the walkie-talkie asking the conductor for help. And obviously, the body comes straight up in the air after the seizure is stopped and bites her on the neck. She turns into a zombie. Uh, then she in a, then she goes into one of, one of these train uh, not these train compartments, and the there's a, a base a Korean baseball team there, and she bites one of those baseball players, and then he in turn bites into the baseball player, and they just all start to get infected. And what's really cool is these zombies, they're not slow walking like on you know the Walking Dead. They're full sprint. Uh they'll jump over each other's bodies, they'll push, you know, luggage out the way, they'll jump over seats. It's it's pretty intense. And the soon-to-be father. Uh, protagonist is trying to run to the next train to safety to get to his wife and the let's call him the, the divorced dad of the film tries to you know close his door in his face and you know he's screaming hey let me in let me in and he finally lets himself in and so going forward <laughs> what's funny is this is what i'm gonna call him from now on he actually calls the dad asshole <laughs> <laughs> so the whole film he actually calls the dude asshole <laughs> because of the actions that he's taking which is completely accurate i would do the same thing absolutely I mean, justified yeah i mean i would be livid you know i'm trying to get to this next uh booth uh whatever it's called i don't know these train acronyms but uh, he tries to get to the next cart in the train and some dudes, you know, door blocking you. <laughs> he's like, calls him that. It's pretty funny. So, um, they take refuge and they start noticing that, uh, these zombies actually don't house human functions or human intellect, uh, as they once did before they turned into a zombie. So they notice that they can't open up doors. So they start sliding the doors together, which, uh, you know, real quick, I'm not gonna go too much detail, but that kind of pissed me off. I'm like, how the hell? I mean, they ran through so many doors and didn't close them. I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> they should have yeah. figured this out a long time ago. I mean, it shouldn't have took 40 minutes into the film to figure that part out. But, uh, they get to their first stop and I don't know the name of it. I think it's Dion Station. I think that's, I know it started with a D. They get Dion Station. And the conductor is trying to vigorously make contact with with Grand Central Station or Grand Central Terminal, whatever it is. And they're saying, yeah, the, the military's there and uh, th they'll go ahead and take care of you. Now, the asshole guy, <laughs> the, the divorce, the, the divorce dad, uh, he actually well, makes. I, I like just calling him asshole. 
Yeah, let's we'll call him asshole. <laughs> uh, asshole uh, actually has contacts outside in the real world who are guessing high level. And so he makes contact with one of them and advises, hey, we're going to Jiong. Is that a good place to go? And they're like, he's his contact saying, nah, man, it's, I mean, it's it's right now. It's it's a military. It's military guarded. And what they're going to do is put you in quarantine. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm with my daughter. I need you to do something. So he says, absolutely. What you want to do is they're going to take you to the main terminal, but you want to head east and go to the east terminal. And I'll let them know you're coming and we'll go ahead and take care of you. So while they're leaving, the the train gets to the station. Everyone uh, leaves uh, the train itself and they start to notice that there's no one around at all. I mean, it's a ghost town. Which obviously, if you've ever taken a train or even watched a movie taking a train, every station you get to is full of life. You know, people leaving the train, you know, aborting the train and departing the train, um, just like any airport terminal that you've ever been to. So for it to be completely quiet is surreal. So they end up leaving, going upstairs, going uh, through the terminal itself, going down. And this is where the uh, asshole and his daughter uh, makes an abrupt right and starts going through police barricades. And uh, one of the Patreons uh, that's following him, it's some homeless looking dude. And I they never really explain this in the film. He's just some guy who witnessed the first attack and uh, he just looks homeless, man. I, I don't understand it. But yeah, uh, he I think w- he was just that was basically it. He was homeless, saw the attack, and then he kind of stowed, stowed away on the train. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, during the whole film, he so he serves no pur- no purpose whatsoever. He's, he's pretty much. Yeah. And every scenario, he's never, he's never even helpful. <laughs> uh, asshole and the daughter start going through a different route, going through police barricades. Uh, the cool soon to be dad is saying, uh, you know, let them be. We're going to go get help. Like, uh, we're going to go meet the military. And right when everyone, I would say, you know, there's about, I don't know, about 35 to 40 people going down this escalator. And you start to see the military troops on the ground and they start approaching them. But you can kind of tell something's off. No one's no one's talking. Uh, they're making very little movement. And as soon as they see the first person coming down the escalator, they turn around. You can clearly see that they've been turned into zombies. Their eyes are glossed over. They're they're white. They're purpley and veiny. Their skin is very pale. And this is start. They start going full speed, attacking the people coming down the escalator. And that's when I'm freaking out. I'm like, ah, you gotta, you gotta run. So what's funny is when the people are running down the escalator, they're trying to run back up. Come on, man. <laughs> you're running down. You're trying to run up an escalator that's going down. <laughs> so, I mean, those people are getting ate up, man. And I must say, I mean, the, um, it's, it's a little, it's a mix of CG blood and, uh, you know, real and real, I guess, you know, real blood. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. The, the actual F, the, the, F, the sound effects, the animations and the people, uh, getting bit. It's, it's pretty, it's a pretty fun watch. Uh, it's really gory too. I mean, you don't see any like guts or anything like that, like in other zombie films, but it, it's pretty cool. So everyone's trying to run back to this train. And this is where asshole and, um, girls start to, to realize that the, the military guys, they're, they've been turned into zombies too. So. She he's trying to run back to his daughter because he left her in the back. And right when a zombie's about to attack his daughter, uh, the you know, the big hero, a soon to be dad, I just drop 
toes on them zombies, man. I mean, he's just fucking, he's like rock bottoming everybody. <laughs> it's like I'm watching this awesome WWE wrestling match, man. I mean, he's just throwing punches, throwing kicks. He's running, man. It, it's, it's so cool. He saves the daughter. Um, uh, asshole is getting pinned down by a zombie. They're trying to barricade through these glass doors by putting batons in between the, the, uh, the door handles to kind of close it in. And asshole dude is about to get bit, but he, uh, some, the, oh, this is the, actually the one thing that the homeless guy does while well, he throws a jacket on top of one of the zombies heads. Uh, and so the, the zombie, that's where you kind of first get your, uh, you're alluded to the fact that if zombies can't see, they can't do anything. So the zombie just kind of just stands straight up and just kind of moves ver around very slowly. And that gives time for asshole dude to start booking it to the, to the, the double glass doors. Uh, hero dad lets him through and they start trying to, you know, trying to hold the door in from the zombies to come this whole time. He's trying to uh, mess with the lock on top of the door. So that way uh, they can get it closed and they can start running to the train. He gets it closed. But I mean, within seconds, the zombies start using their weight and pushing and breaking the glass. They all start running to the train. A lot of people start getting bit. Um, this actually some of the zombies um, break through the glass uh, barriers on top of the train. And start funneling the way down, just dropping down. Uh, anyway, they, they, some of them get onto the train. Obviously, a lot of them don't. Um, and then they start going to their, to, to the next destination. Uh, this is where, uh, some of the people were in, in front of the, the carts and some of people were in the back and some people in the middle. Uh, the film actually narrows it down that they're at cart. Uh, some of the survivors are in cart 13. Uh, so assholes daughter is there. The, the expecting mother's there. Uh, somebody's older sister is in there and some other dude and, uh, hero guy, a uh, soon to be dad and, uh, asshole are in cart nine. I think, right. I'm getting, I think I'm getting it right. So the daughter's in 13, they're in nine and the rest of the people are in like cart six, all close to the top of this train station. So they try, they, uh, they try to make a rescue mission. They get a phone call and they're saying, Hey, you know, we're in cart nine or well, cart 13. Come get us. So he's like, Hey, we're four carts away. And there's obviously there's zombies in between each cart. So what's in what they end up doing is this is like the badass part of the scene where the soon to be dad starts using the, the baseball tape, I guess, where you tape your, your cleats up and your shin guards or whatever. And he starts taping his wrists and his forearms together. And one of the other baseball player, the surviving, the, I guess the lone surviving baseball player of the group. Um, it's like, a, it's like a young, I would, I wouldn't even say a major league. It's probably like maybe like a, a college team. And uh, I thought like these kids look like they were high school. Oh, yeah. To me, they look real young. Yeah. But high school, we'll say high school, high school baseball team. So they're all getting taped up and, uh, hero dad is in the front and he looks like he's about to brawl, man. And this, you have asshole in the middle and you have the uh, young baseball kid in the back. They start just moving from cart to cart. This is just hero dad, just swinging punches knocking people over he even picks up a zombie throws them on top of the roof and then slams them on the ground and they're just doing that for like cart after cart and this is when they first get their inclination that hey you know if a zombie doesn't have any light then you know they have to use their you know i guess they're, they turn into a bat where they use their echolocation to find things so uh they actually go through their first tunnel uh everything goes kind of dark and the zombies just start moving um and then a couple of baseballs fall from 
from uh, one of the, the bags on top uh, where you keep the, the items, <clears throat> the stowaway compartment. Falls down, zombie hears it. They all rush to that area sound, leaving the other people alone. And so they do that from cart to cart. Uh, they go from tunnel to tunnel. And in between, they, they kind of evade and dodge the zombies. They get to their beloved ones. And then they start heading back. They do the same thing. Uh, every time this tunnel comes through, they all start to move um, and shift. And this is where um, uh, they get to the, their final cart to get the heading back. And there's just too many zombies. So they actually start climbing on top of where they keep their luggage uh, for the train. Kind of like if, if you're in an airplane, the the the, um, the storage compartment above your head. They're just kind of crawling through there. And at their very last second, um, they're trying to come down and... The, the the homeless looking dude slips and falls and makes a noise and they kind of get cut off. So right when they're getting back, well, this is uh, one of the, the big antagonists of the film. And this guy, he is truly the true asshole. Right. He is just he's been trying to get the boost on. He's been trying to get to his mom's house. It gets revealed at the end. But um, he's trying to get to his mom's house. But he's he's just thinking for himself completely. Um, he thinks that everyone is infected. That's that's um, going on this heroic mission. He ends up convincing the he, he becomes like the leader of the coward group. If you want, let's just call him the coward group. He He's become the leader of the coward group. He he convinces everyone in that coward group uh, of the cart to say, Hey, don't let these guys in. They're surely infected. You know, they've been fighting zombies for the past 30 minutes. Let's not let them in. So they kind of, he, he barricades the door. They're screaming. And this is where, this is where I get pissed off, man. The hero dad gets bit. Ah. He's trying to barricade. He's trying to close the door. They're trying to get through. And then a zombie just comes from off the ground and bites him on the hand. Ah, damn. So, uh, one of the, the, the baseball, uh, player starts banging on the door breaks the glass to try to get to the next cart. And, uh, this is where, you know, hero dad just trying to hold in all the zombies as long as he can, but ultimately just gets consumed. He turns to a zombie himself and, you know, the zombies just start tearing at him. Um, they get to the cart. This is where the, the leader of the coward group, uh, tries to, uh, let you know he he tells him hey these this guy looks infected we need to get him out of here take him to the next cart and lock him in so they lock the they lock uh the they lock asshole the daughter the the soon to be mother um and the homeless guy and uh some some woman that is in love with one of the baseball players some some young girl and they go to the next the next cart and this is where the one of the 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 survivors of the train, she sees her, her sister and she sees that she's been turned into a zombie. And I guess she just, she's so upset of herself for not really helping out. Um, she, 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 she's mad at her sister for being a hero and that she's been turned and she's not. So she kind of, she, she opens the door and starts letting the zombies in and everyone just in the cart just gets, gets ate up. And the other people who, who are um, quarantined in the other cart, behind them are just hearing you know flesh being torn off the skin and everything and like well all right cool well that that deserved to happen to that cow group anyway so they actually get to the the next station which is not busan (laughs) and uh 
that's when it's revealed that coward leader is still alive. I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> They're hiding out in the bathroom <laughs> with uh, with one of the, uh, I, I guess, uh, not the conductor, but uh, let's call him the conductor's assistant. And this is where coward coward leader really shows his true colors, where they stop at the station. The the conductor of the train runs to another train because there's actually there's debris that's stopping them from going all the way to Busan. He makes an announcement saying, hey, we're, there's 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 debris in the railway and the, in the railroad track. I'm going to get another train. Meet me on the left side track and we'll, we'll get it going. So coward leader looks outside the door, he peeks and he sees there's a bunch of zombies and he closes the door and he tells the assistant conductor. Hey man, um, I, the coast is clear. Uh, why don't you hit, go ahead and go first? I'm like this mother joke. <laughs> yeah, like, the, <laughs> I guess that other guy hadn't watched this movie. Yeah, it's not a good idea. So, assistant conductor opens the door slightly, sees a zombie, and coward leader pushes his ass right on a zombie and books it out of there while the dude gets eaten up. I'm like, oh my god, this dude is horrible. So. Um, the, the conductor is on the, he's on the, the other train. There's nothing else connected to it, but the actual loc the, the first locomotive itself that does all the heavy hauling. Um, he starts coming down the track and he sees coward leader just running towards him. He's like, Oh snap, let me go help this guy. He jumps off the train, uh, because coward leader like trips over the track and I thought he broke his ankle and I'm, I'm saying yes, like, hell yeah, you deserve that shit. And <laughs> <laughs> the coward the, the conductor comes to pick him up and zombies are coming and the freaking coward dude like slams him on the ground and starts running so the zombies can eat him i'm like this bitch still alive <laughs> <laughs> so coward dude just runs to the to the to the uh to the locomotive he starts you know juicing the, the train uh to, to get the boost on uh another survival uh attack goes on where there this is now this part if you notice jeff um there's this huge crash that causes one of the the, the train the uh, the carts to tip over and this is where the remaining uh, survivors are at and if you noticed um where the zombies are actually banging on the window those are the tv screens like i guess they ran out of budget where they didn't want to have like real people banging on a glass of a a, a, ch a train tip over it's like i did not notice. yeah that. those are straight yeah. up tv screens man it looks like they're playing Left for Dead 2 or something like that. <laughs> anyway, so this is where uh, the homeless guy, he dies. He's trying to save uh, the room from, you know, trying to help them escape. So the daughter uh, escapes, uh, asshole dad escapes, and the soon-to-be mother start, start running towards the train uh, that's, you know, making its way to Busan with the guy, uh, ca uh, coward leader, um, you know, driving the locomotive. Uh, this is where I actually see the true power and the true abilities of the zombies. They start running at full speed and they start making some type of human pyramid, um, you know, trying to aboard this train. So there it's kind of like ants. If you think of uh, our ants, uh, when you see them interacting in, in the real world where they're trying to get this meal, you know, say they climb walls, they, they interlock hands and feet. That's what the zombies look like trying to um, board this train. Uh Asshole dads, you know, kicks them all off and they start running. They start going down. And this is where it's revealed that uh, coward leader actually got bit. Thank God. And he's starting to turn into a zombie. But this is where Jeff kind of alludes that not everyone turns as fast. So you can see his eyes 
are clearly, you know, white and dilated. His skin's starting to turn purple, but he still has some self-awareness of where he's at. So he's saying, hey, you know, I want to get home to my mom, but can I give you the address? And he's like, dude, you know, you're, you're infected. <clears throat> then all of a sudden, that's when the last uh, fight breaks out between the dad and and the antagonist of the film. Um, this is where I get pissed off. Like, how the hell when you're when you're in a fist fight with a zombie, don't put your damn hands on his mouth. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you remember that scene? Yeah. Like, he wraps his hand around his mouth. What a stupid ass thing. Like, the first thing you do is push the fuck dude off the train, man. <laughs> like, how hard is that? He's fighting. There's Think of it as side-scrolling fighting game, right? You can only go front and back. And if you go side, you fall off. Just push the joker off the damn train. Like, this fight is over in two seconds. <laughs> Uh, anyway, gets bit, deserves it because he fights like an idiot. Anyway, it's kind of sad. You know, he gets bit, he throws dude off the train, which he should have did in the freaking first time. And he has, you know, he's saying the goodbye to his daughter. She's weeping and crying and he throws himself off the train. Uh, train gets to Busan. You can see there's some... Boy, you go over that so fast. I, it's so drawn out. It is it's drawn so out. heartbreaking. And you're just like, yeah, she's weeping. He jumps off the train. <laughs> We're moving on. Yeah. Cause it's like the, all right, whatever. It's your review. <laughs> he deserves to die, man. What a freaking idiot. How the hell you, how the hell you get beat <laughs> up by a, a fat zombie, man? <laughs> no way. No. I, mm, I, whatever, man. Uh, you lose that fight nine times out of ten. <laughs> anyway. So they get to Busan. You can see the military guys there. And uh, the, the little girl kind of show, well, I mean, unbeknownst to the soldiers, they think their zombies are coming through. But she starts singing this cool song. Sounds like some Hawaiian song. They're saying aloha, ee, aloha, oh, and bam, movie's over. So I think what that song is, is a song that her dad sang to her. Mm-hmm. Sounds about and right. so she's crying, singing the song that her dad sang to her. All right, go ahead. Yeah, that is it, man. Roll credits. Okay. <laughs> What'd you think? Good, good. <laughs> See, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna talk for a little bit. Yeah, this uh, the film was, dude. It, I, I can tell you right now, it is not better than Zombieland. I don't know where the hell you were thinking that of. Zombieland. Uh, uh, it's a well, great film. It is a great film. This ain't great. I know. I can see you tried. But it's it just, ain't great. I mean, the the one cool thing it is it, very different than any other zombie movie. One, there are no guns, right? Every other zombie movie you have, there's always guns, and they're always shooting the zombies in the head. That's the most effective way to kill it. Um, and this one, they're in, they're fighting in such a confined area. They're in trains, you know. They're moving from cart to cart, where you can only go so far. You can only go deeper into each cart you can't you can't really maneuver left and right you can only go like backwards and forwards you know so that, that was pretty neat um and then how the zombies really you know move at uh you know breakneck speeds if you will they're they're really uh ambitious in getting their targets you know they get their next feast um yeah man i mean that's something i like but other than that I mean, just I kind of laughed. I was like, man, this shit, this shit's really happening. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, before I actually give my letter grade, did you want to add anything else to kind of 
I think you can kind of see where I'm going with this. Do you want to? I can't really tell you, but I mean, and you glossed over the parts that I enjoyed is a strong word, but that I thought were the most poignant and um, effective. It's a, it's a highly entertaining zombie movie with characters I cared about. And you, you wanted dude to die so bad. And that's just a, a, a testimony to the quality of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yep. I really like the hero dad. Um, I, I'm really sad he bit now, it. Now, one um, thing about that actor is this movie, actually, I, I was just kind of reading about the movie after I finished it the first time. And this movie actually made him a household name in South Korea. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it should because and, he was a badass dude. And he, Imagine if they had Ip Man in this joke. He has been cast in the Marvel movie coming up called The Eternals. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. That's cool. I mean, it's still not going to change the letter grade. It again. should. Yeah, that's a cool it's, dude, man. Okay. That's cool, dude. I just anyway, kept the letter ready, grade. Ready for this? C plus. Oh my god. <laughs> C plus. It's all right, all man. Right. I mean, there's several times where I actually laughed at the movie. Um, I I wish I'd have wrote my note down of when I laughed because it was just so. It was kind of stupid. Um, there's a lot of stupid movie moments in this movie. Um. Uh, again, you know, one thing I really like is how they really made you hate that one guy, coward leader. I mean, there's really a, a huge disdain I had for him. I wanted him to to die so badly, and you know, it's kind of satisfying when he does a little bit. Um, but uh, the hero dad was really cool. But other other stuff than that, I mean, it's just there's a lot of dumb moments, man, um, of how people die, and you know how zombies get to some of them and they don't do anything like one, like that one scene where the old lady um, is about to get bit and they just got the door open. Literally all she has to do is start walking forward. Yet she sits there doing nothing and watch and her sister watches her die. I was like, I, yeah, that's one moment I laugh. I'm like, get your ass out of there, woman. What you doing? <laughs> so yeah, man, C plus. Right, I mean, I, the, the lobster is better than this movie for sure. And I hated that movie. So, C+. Plus. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> that actually pains me. Hey, what would you give uh, Train to Busan if you uh, had to watch it? Again, you know? What letter grade would you give it? C+. Plus. Yep, that's what I thought. Now, just Moving remember, on. as you're rubbing that in, I'm about to review Goodfellas. Yeah, but I know that's an A movie, so let's get it whopping. Oh, you think so? Well, let's get into it. I mean, you can't. Hey, there's no way. I mean, don't. You can't. I can do what I want. You rule where. My review. (laughs) You can't. Listen, if you had an A in your mind and all of a sudden I gave Train to Busan a C plus, you can't be like, I'm going to do him dirty and I'm going to knock this two letter grades down. You can't do that now. (laughs) All right. I agree. However, I will tip my hand a little bit. I wasn't thinking A, but I wasn't thinking B. I I don't know where it lands. And I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me jump into it. Okay. So Jason had me watch the 1990 Martin Scorsese movie Goodfellas starring Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, J, uh, Joe Pesci, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, a very small role. Uh, Paul Sorvino, and uh, a cast of others. And this is a mob movie. And it starts out with 
Henry Hill, who's played by Ray Liotta, I'm going to skim over a lot because like movies like Django, there's a lot in the movie, but I don't want to do a marathon review. So I'm going to skip over a bit of the relationship with, between Henry Hill and his wife and all the stuff that goes on there, because let's get to mm-hmm. the, I'm going to stick to the main plot of the trio of gangsters. That's Henry Hill, James Conway, who's played by Robert De Niro. They call him Jimmy and Tommy DeVito, who's played by Joe Pesci, as well as Paul Sorvino's character, who's kind of like the boss. Uh, he's a boss, but he's not like a high level boss. You know, he's high level for that group. Anyway, so it starts off with Henry Hill and the, the opening of this movie is really good. It, it's it's about how Henry Hill gets into the mob and it's just so casually done how he ends up in the mob. You can kind of see the appeal of it. He is people are scared of him, you know, and he's making a lot of money as a teenager and, and it's just this really great opening showing how people end up in the mob because it's just such a easy thing for them to do. And there's a lot of perks. He meets Jimmy, who's a good bit older than him, Robert De Niro's character. And Robert De Niro introduces him to Tommy, who's played by Joe Pesci. And they just start running different scams and different mob related acts together. And Joe Pesci, well, it's played by two children at this point because they're young Henry Hill and young Tommy are selling cigarettes. They actually get busted and Tommy, or excuse me, Henry Hill, or Tommy runs away. He's fine, but Henry Hill goes to court, doesn't say anything. They send him out of the courtroom and the, and the mob family greets him in the hallway and Jimmy's, it, you know, and Henry Hill's like, I thought you'd be mad at me for getting pinched. And Jimmy says, nope. You, everybody gets pinched, but you did everything right. You didn't talk to the cops. One of the early scenes of the movie is you see the trio of Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Ray Liotta driving a truck and they start hearing, not a truck, but a car. And they start hearing a clunking in the background. Like what, what is that? Clunk, clunk, clunk. And they pull over and there's a guy who's barely alive in the trunk. And Joe Pesci just is like, in classic Joe Pesci, like, and he just starts stabbing away at the guy and it's almost comedic. It is comedic <laughs> the way that Joe Pesci does it. They bury the body and you really don't know. That's kind of totally out of context. Well, you later find out uh, that the guy in the trunk is a made man in the mafia. He, and by being a made man, you're kind of one of the big dogs in the, in the mob. They establish pretty quickly that Tommy is a hothead and, you see a scene, a classic scene that even though I hadn't seen this movie, I'd seen the scene of Tommy talking about, oh, am I a clown? Do I amuse you? And, you know, they just really establish over over how much of a hothead Tommy is. Well, Tommy gets mad because this mob boss's made man, uh, Billy, Billy Bats says, hey, I could tell people about how you used to shine shoes. Well, this just pisses Tommy off. And he ends up killing this mob boss. Now, as you know, JB, this is based on a true story. So I did a little research. That happened. The real mob guy's name, I can't remember. But Billy Bats is the real name of the guy who gets killed. And then Tommy DeVito goes by another name in real life. 
uh, but was a shoe shine guy. This guy said some snide remarks to him, and now it happened like a month later, according to history. But he came back and uh, killed Billy Bats. So as soon as like Tommy starts beating Billy Bats in the face, Robert De Niro joins in and. Henry Hill, Ray Liotta locks the door and just kind of, you can tell he's still in this movie. He's still not used to the violence. He's not a killer per se. Uh, he's always trying to cool off Jimmy and Tommy. And, and he, there's a lot of times people are going to go bother Jimmy or Tommy. And he says, nah, just don't do that. That's a bad idea. And he does it constantly throughout the movie. So I'm trying to remember what happens, how they end up in jail. How does, uh, Henry Hill end up in jail the first time. Uh, didn't they threat threaten somebody and one of the uh, somebody who was uh, an informant of the FBI was recording a call and she snitches because her brother is about to get uh, killed by Tommy or something. I, I could be wrong, man. I, it's been a little bit. I don't really remember exactly, but Henry Hill ends up in jail and they talk about how great it is in jail for the mob. I mean, they're still it's not perfect, <laughs> but. They've got everybody like Italian meals, man. (laughs) They're making meals and they show um, Paul Sorvino's character, the mob boss, shaving uh, garlic to make pasta. And so it's really as lush as prison life can be. And while he's on the inside, uh, Henry Hill starts selling drugs. And he does this against the wishes of um, the big boss's uh, pleasure. Yeah, well, and they don't. He, they don't say it's against his wishes, but he, you can kind of tell that Henry Hill knows that it won't be approved of. And when he gets out of serving his time, Paul Zorvino, the mob boss pulls him aside and says, you did what you had to do to survive when you're inside, but I don't want that to continue now that you're out. Well, Henry Hill says, oh yeah, sure. No problem. And then just buys huge amounts of cocaine and drugs and he keeps selling so while he's selling and stuff he's having marital problems he's got uh, uh they talk about his his he's got a side piece he's got a girl that he's got set up in another house and there's drama between him and his wife because she kind of finds out and while he's in prison even he sees that this this girlfriend of his has come to visit henry hill eventually though i think the money just gets to her because she's used to living a sort of life of extravagance where you know she gets yeah, she over just, it and she, she basically deals with it she she rather have have him than not have him right and and she does love him and i think he does love her even though he's an adulterer and so when he gets out of prison and starts selling drugs the movie kind of takes a turn from being as what's the word i want to use it's like the first half of the movie is this kind of rise of Henry Hill and the rise of Jimmy and Tommy. And it's really entertaining. And there's a lot going on. There's a lot of multiple storylines happening. Uh, you know, they're setting up a heist that Jimmy's going to do. And then the second half That's of the movie. That's a real heist, be- by the way, too. That's another yeah, real heist. Most of the stuff that when I looked it up, most of the stuff in this movie is like legit happen. There were some things that were omitted or changed a little bit, but for the most part, 
the events happened. Of course, obviously, the conversations and stuff have to be scripted because nobody was in the room to hear those conversations. But um, so this this biggest heist in America happens and Henry's really excited. And anyway, but this is where the movie actually does take a bit of a downturn for me. It gets a little more boring because it focuses just on Henry Hill and how dumpy his life is and him becoming an addict of hair uh, drugs and the selling and the marital problems. There's even a point where he wakes up in the middle of the night and his wife has straddled him with a gun to the face and he talks her out of shooting him, but then he beats her in the head with the gun. Uh, it gets really dark for a while. Uh, not that murder isn't dark, but there's, for me, there's like a point in movies where, I don't know. Man. I just, there, there was a point where it just started getting too dark for me. And I started not liking Henry Hill a lot. Uh, he's kind of a turd. Um, Which is good because, yeah, he's, he's not a good guy. I mean, he's a turd in real <laughs> life, probably. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. well, uh, when this happens, uh, Jimmy's like, hey, have you heard the news, Henry? Our man Tommy, Joe Pesci, is about to be a made man. He's coming up in the world. And and this is true of the mafia. Uh, you have to be a full-blooded Italian to be able to be a made man, to actually kind of go above um, sort of the entry-level ranks, which for Jimmy and Henry Hill, they are not full-blooded. So the best they can hope for is that their friend Tommy gets promoted. There's a couple more scenes where Tommy's a hothead. One particular is there's this guy, I think he was in the Sopranos, but he plays a character named Spider and they're playing poker. Mm-hmm. And Joe Pesci wants a drink. And then I don't remember exactly something was wrong with the drink or whatever. And it pisses Joe Pesci off. So Joe Pesci is like trying to shoot at his feet to make him dance, but he ends up shooting him in the foot. And everybody's like, calm down, man. So later on, they're in they're playing poker in the same room and spider's back and he's hobbling over and of course joe pesci's giving him like talking trash and he spider turns and he goes f you tommy and everybody goes ooh, and then they start for some reason knowing that this guy is insane jimmy just starts egging him on oh you're gonna (laughs) let him tell you to do that well you're gonna (laughs) let him do that to you like what does he think's going to happen? So Tommy, <laughs> Joe Pesci pulls out his gun and just shoots the hell out of Spider, kills him. And then they're like, hey, uh, you're going to have to bury this guy. We're not going to help you do it. This was just needless. And then they move on. So that definitely shows the character of who Tommy is, man. He's a cold hearted, ruthless. I mean, he's a complete degenerate. He has no, no remorse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has no remorse, and he just doesn't—he doesn't contribute to to society at all. Uh, so I've talked about the heist they planned. It goes off without a hitch. Uh, everything goes fine, and they're throwing a party to celebrate the fact that this heist has gone off. And Henry was the one that kind of just tipped Jimmy off to it, but then Jimmy took it from there. And so everybody gets their cut, and Jimmy warns everyone, "Hey, don't make any big." purchases until the heat kind of dies down on this you don't want to draw attention well there's a guy i think his name's jimmy meatball or Polly meatball or something like that 
He comes <laughs> in and he's like, hey, Jimmy, come here. Look at this. He opens the door and there's like a pink Cadillac out there. And he's like, I bought this car for my wife. And Jimmy's pissed. He's like, what the hell? I t- why would you do that? Are you stupid? And there's a couple instances where this happens. And, and it cuts to, so Samuel Jackson is in this movie and he was part of the heist. He was Jimmy or there's, they make a joke about how everybody's name is like Paul and Peter. This is Peter and Pauly. Uh, Johnny Roast Beef was the guy I was talking about. He, so Samuel Jackson plays Stax Edwards, who I think was like the driver. Yeah. The driver. And apparently he, apparently he did something that kind of messed things up for them. And, so Joe Pesci comes over. He's like, hey, we got a job. Get dressed and just shoots uh, Stax Edwards in the head. And they then you start seeing people are dropping off. Johnny Meatballs gets killed along with his girlfriend. And they show a scene of them in the car. And it's just a montage of bodies dropping. Henry Hills thinks to himself, hey. So Henry Hill and, and his wife's character are uh, the narrators of the movie. And Henry Hill does most of the narration. And he says, you know, I felt pretty safe that Jimmy wasn't going to come after me because all I did was tip him off. You know, I don't think he's going to come after me. Well, Henry Hill gets busted for dealing coke. He has mountains of it. And he gets out on parole or something. And Jimmy invites him to a... Now, does he get busted before? Anyway, so Tommy is going to be a made man. They show him getting picked up and he's in his nice suit and they take him to this house where nobody is there. And he walks into the room where he's supposed to be a made man and nobody's in the room. And you hear Joe Pesci go, ah, shit. And then boom, they killed Joe Pesci. And the reason they killed him is because he killed this made man. So Joe Pesci's dead. And so now probably the most entertaining character is out of the movie. And so Henry Hill gets busted for all this drug dealing he's doing. It pisses Polly off. He's able to get out on parole or I don't remember exactly, but he's not in jail because his trial hasn't happened yet. And he's planning on making a run with uh, his wife. And he has no money, though. He had he thought he had some cocaine stored away that he was going to sell and make some money and just get out of the country. Well, he goes to Paul. Uh, she uh, she flushed it all. That's right. She, she didn't want them to find it. She did the right yeah. thing. He's just an mm-hmm. idiot. And he was probably going to put it up his nose as opposed to sell it anyway, because he was a junkie. But Paul Zorvino, uh, Paulie's like, uh, he comes to Paulie. And he's like, you know, I know I messed up. I'm sorry. I know you told me, but I'm clean now. I'm straight. I haven't done any of these stuff. And I just need you to give me some money so I can get out of town. Well, it gives him 30 grand or whatever. And he doesn't get out of town. And Jimmy calls him up and says, hey, man, we got a job for you. And he talks about how, hey, I need you to go assassinate this guy down in Florida with this other mob friend of ours. And Henry Hill goes, I knew that when I did, if I went down to Florida, I wasn't coming back. This was a setup. So Henry Hill decides to go to the police because he needs protection because he knows that if he can't get out of the mob, he's a dead man. So he and his wife go to the police. And apparently I, I listened to a podcast about this movie. Apparently the guy who is in the movie playing the police officer that's negotiating the, um, the witness protection is the cop in real life 
who negotiated the witness protection for Henry Hill. Oh, wow. That's pretty neat. So this scene goes off. It's a really great scene because he's like, oh, I don't want to do it without my wife. But she's like, I don't want to leave my family. But of course, if if he goes into witness protection and she stays like she normally is, they'll just get to him through her. So they go into witness protection. He snitches on everybody. You see everyone getting arrested. Jimmy, Polly. <laughs> Uh, no holes bar man he's he's pointing at all of them <laughs> he sold everybody out and so there's several court scenes where he's selling out everyone in front of their face do you recognize Polly? and he's like, yeah i do can you point to him and he kind of turns his head away from Polly, but then points at him you know and he's just embarrassed to be selling out these friends that he's had these people that he's been family with and uh that, so these guys all go to jail and they, the last scene is Henry Hills getting his newspaper. He's in witness protection. And he's talking about how he misses the life of being a gangster, all, all the money and just having anything you wanted. But now he's just a, a regular schmuck like the rest of us. And we roll credits. So I skipped over a lot and I know I did, but it's just too much in the movie to cover. Uh, it's violent. It's there's uh, amazing performances, uh, particularly Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta are great. Paul Servino is a fantastic mob boss. He just looks the part. Robert De Niro is Robert De Niro. Um, I kind of realized watching this movie, he plays a very similar character to everything he plays, you know, in general. He kind of has gotten pigeonholed into being this mob bossy character and probably because of this movie. Is there anything else to say or I don't know. Uh, do you have anything to add? No, you hit it right on the head on that one. The performance is outstanding. Now this movie came out what in the, was it the mid eighties, late eighties or something like that? Uh, but, 1990. 1990. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually didn't know Joe Pesci. The first time I known Joe Pesci as a, an actor is when I was a kid and when I watched him in home alone. Home alone. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's the, you know, he, he plays uh, a, a robber. Uh, a burglar that's you know trying to get to to Kevin's house and he doesn't do any cursing or nothing like that so years later when I got older and I actually watched Goodfellas for the first time and to see Joe Pesci cursing like a sailor and just murdering everybody is real I'm like damn man it's an eye opener for me I'm, I've known him as you know uh, someone who wanted to kidnap a kid but you know that's still bad but it was kind of like a, a comedy at the same time so it's PG back yeah, to see him in this role of a film, and then he actually played a lot of roles like this. He did the same type of role in the movie Casino with Robert De Niro as well. Um, that's what made me kind of see uh, Joe Pesci in a, as a, a mobster role. It's funny to think that uh, probably paying, playing Harry in Home Alone is his most iconic role, and this is probably second. I legitimately... And teetering between an A minus and a B plus, most and not because of your review, but just because the second half of the movie kind of really died down a lot for me, and wasn't as interesting as the first half. Uh, but the performances are so good, and the directing is so good, and the story is compelling until it just kind of gets this narrow focus on Henry Hill. Who sucks, you know? And I know you're saying, yeah, you're not supposed to like him. He's a dirtbag. But I didn't, like Joe Pesci's character, when he's on screen, it's great. You know, maybe you wouldn't like him in real life, but 
I would I would fear that guy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mess with him. Um, it's an A minus. This is a great movie, but it's no. Uh, as I say that, I feel like I'm overselling it just because of it's Goodfellas and everybody loves it. But that's a good ass movie. You did it. It right. is a good movie. Uh, C C minus. No. Um, <laughs> it's like the performances are A. The second half of the movie is, is not as good, but it's just a downfall of them. Yeah. I'll just stick hey, with minus. That cool. doesn't feel right. Though. As I'm saying it, I, I'm like regretting it on the inside. Yeah, that's because I beat you again. That's all it is. Well, even if I gave you a B plus or you, you gave it a B plus, you'd still be beating me because you, you just have terrible taste in movies. And That's untrue. <sighs> I, I, I threw everyone a curveball last week by actually giving that's a movie true. its due. So. It's just this one is definitely not as good. I mean, it's a it's a it's a cool iteration of a zombie. I don't movie, want to go man. back it's, to it. We're done. Yeah. Anyway, right. I, I don't want. To All right. So it. going back to so we got C plus for Train Blueson and we got A minus for Goodfellas. So I've I made a decision. So if any of us loses this bet, right? A bet in the beginning where whoever spends money during lunch during our gentleman's bet, uh, the movie that you will have to watch. Are you ready? I'm ready. Drum roll, please. The Hangover Part 3, baby. Oh, God. You're making me... <laughs> oh, 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 Okay. All right. Now, what's really funny is Jeff hates the Hangover movies, right? And he only seen the first one. He hasn't even seen two or three. And three is to me is horrible. So he doesn't even. I'm skipping. So you're two. making me the watch straight. the worst of a movie go- that I already don't like. <laughs> and two is pivotal because it actually sets up three. <laughs> so you're going and straight to let's, three. You're, you're let's not- also remember that I can't watch two because it's on our list. So I'm not allowed to watch it. So I have yep. to. So all right, all right. So I initially <laughs> now I gotta rethink things. Because initially, I was going to give you the remake of Psycho from 1998. But now, nah, <laughs> you don't deserve that. <laughs> oh, you better not lose this bet, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. I, I am going to give you a movie I've only seen once. And boy, howdy. I went to the theater to watch it. And it's awful. And Scott has seen this movie. And he agrees that it's horrible. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and he loved it. <laughs> no. No. Because I was going to say, damn, so, this must be a bad Should movie. you fail this bet, you're going to have to watch and review a movie with Ewan McGregor and Ryan Gosling. Ooh, what a cast. That sounds great. It's called Stay. S-T-A-Wise. Horrible. Uh, it's never birth of it. levels of bad. Okay, that's oh, good. Oh, Jesus. It's Oh, oh, it's awful. It's awful. After the podcast, but, I'll watch the trailer tonight. <laughs> yeah. Because I've never even oh. heard of it. Oh, my God. It's bad. So let's get into next week's movies. Man, I regret giving that an A-. minus. Oh, well, what's done is done. We'll move on. <laughs> All right. I'll let you go first. What are you going to give me for, for next week? So I'm on the fence about a couple things. So Johnny Depp or Jim Carrey? Oh, please, Jim Carrey. 
That's a good choice. Good choice. So you're going to be watching. I hate Johnny Depp, man. I only like him in the pirate movies. That's it. So you're going to be watching the Jim Carrey movie that came out in 2004. It also stars Kate Winslet, Tom Wilkinson, Elijah Wood, Mark Ruffalo, and Kirsten Dunst. It was directed, yeah. right? It was directed by a guy named Michael Gondry. It's a movie that both my wife and I really enjoyed. It's called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, I knew that was coming. As soon as I said Jim Carrey. It's a good movie. All right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. So, the movie I'm going to give you is something I had no desire ever watching before, okay? Someone came to me and, and said, hey, man, you should watch this movie. And I'm like... Hell no, I ain't watching that piece of garbage trap. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> so it came on TV and I was like, eh, I'll give it a try. So it actually it actually stars uh Rami, Rami Melik, and actually has Mike Myers in the film. The other people I have no clue who they are. But it's uh the movie is called Bahamian Rhapsody. It's uh about uh Freddie Mercury. Watch this. Hey, man, like I said, I didn't want to watch it, and I watched it, and I ended up liking it. I was like, damn, it's a pretty good movie. I don't like biopics or biopics or how. Uh. Do you know about, do you do you ever listen to any Queen songs? Oh, I love Queen. That's the thing. I just I, don't want to watch right. the biopic. Listen, I didn't know. I known Queen, and I was like, eh, I don't, you know, I heard the band Queen. But then what's crazy is I didn't know all the songs Queen made. So these songs that this I listened to you. as a kid and I'm like, damn, Queen made that. So that's it's pretty. You're, you're reminding me. me of the fact that you, you watched straight out of Compton and you didn't know Ice Cube was in N.W.A. Hey, 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 man. Kept it on the hush, man. What the hell, bro? Nah. Yeah. Taking my card from shh, shh, shh. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we want to thank you for listening to Film Soliloquy. Uh, be sure to check out the movies if you can watch along with us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Film Soliloquy. Our music is given to us by Sir Flame. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Set It On Flame. So next week we are watching Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> and if someone loses his bet, might have to squeeze in another film too. I'm not. You you have convinced me to not lose. But let me tell you, <laughs> as bad as Hangover 3 might be, Stay is impossibly worse. Mm. You know, so gonna let's, be awesome, let's make man, another. But... Let's let's add one more caveat. The All winner right. will never have to watch the uh, opposite movie. So if you win. You'll never have to watch Stay. I can't give it to you anymore, and vice versa. We can and only you only watch it if you have the free will to watch it. Okay, I got correct. That. Yes, like if you decide you're just want to watch Stay for some reason, or I want to watch Hangover Three for some reason, I can watch it. But it is oh. no, I can no longer give it to you. Man, I'm about to be rich. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna save so much money. Okay, now you we gotta be honest though. Of course. Now, I, the other thing is, is I want to release it as just a bonus episode where I don't have to review anything. I'll just sit there and listen to you review stay and we'll just release it as an extra. 
<laughs> it's going to be, hey, welcome to Film Soliloquy. Here's Jeff's rendition of The Hangover Part 3. <laughs> and then I just stay quiet and listen to you weep. <laughs> it won't come to that. While I eat this yeah. poke bowl in your face. <laughs> well, we'll All right. yeah, that's it, I guess. We're out of here. We'll catch yeah. you next time on Film Soliloquy. Yeah, like we always do it this time I go for mine and made plans for yours Cause I got the shine Go buff a bar, go line for line Like Kobe in 99, I'm so close to prime Bad bitch by my side, I'm so close behind We living in a moment, there's no post to find You think there was a deal that I'm supposed to sign The game's just a mountain that I'm supposed to climb I remember, man, 11 years old when I made it to go Up in Fairville, I related to cold Fresh bubble jacket, shit, I hated the cold But when winter come around, we would play in the snow They had enough North Sway, so I made it to